Welcome to the Homeopathy for Mommies radio show. Your host, Sue Meyer, is a Catholic wife and homeschool mom of 11. She shares her knowledge of the study of natural alternative medicine with you. While this show is not intended to diagnose or name any disease, through her experience, Sue will share helpful information to help you further your study into the amazing world of homeopathy. And now, here's your host, Sue Meyer. Hello, and welcome to Homeopathy for Mommies. This is Sue Meyer. Today we are going to talk about acute, basic treatment in homeopathy. We are putting together just a little bit of a chart for mommies and caregivers on only acute treatment in homeopathy. And if you don't know what homeopathy is, if you're just tuning in and you haven't really listened to any of my podcasts before, I encourage you to go scroll down and listen to the first couple of podcasts, What is Homeopathy and How Do I Use It? And today's show is really kind of a summation as far as how to give homeopathy, when to give it, repetition, and how to be confident with that, okay? So I'm hoping that if you listen to this and you are saying, oh, I should have, I that's really good information, you can actually give us your email address. You can log on to homeopathyformommies.com and you can download the script basically for this podcast. And sometimes a lot of people find that's really helpful. And you just fold it up, throw it in your book, and you have it for the future, especially if you're pretty new to homeopathy. And it, it's just, like I say, it's just helpful. And it's actually helpful to have something like this on hand to show others that don't know a lot about homeopathy and you're trying to explain it to them, oh, you can just hand them the sheet. So that's nice to be able to do that. So in homeopathy, I'm not going to get into the nuts and bolts about homeopathy and actually how it works. Today's little podcast is going to be about when to give homeopathy, how to decide the potency, and so on and so forth. So with that, let's get started and hopefully I can answer some of your questions about the basics of homeopathy, okay? And what triggered this little podcast was the fact that I was visiting with a homeopathic doctor friend of mine the other day, and we were discussing SARCODE hormone treatment. Now, SARCODEs, some of you know, are homeopathic remedies made from healthy tissue, like organs, like the adrenal gland, for instance. So a SARCODE can be made from a healthy adrenal gland that when used, it can trigger our body to come up to that level of action. Like we talk about the fine tuning of an organ or if you use a tuning fork to tune a piano for instance, you hit that tuning fork, you hold it close to the string and it's going to bring that note up to where it's supposed to be in, to tune that piano. And that is the way homeopathy works. So if you use healthy sarcode, healthy adrenal sarcode, and the body takes it, it reads that energy of that sarcode, and it's going to bring it up to where the level of function is supposed to be. And I love sarcode treatment. It's, it's very uninvasive. It just triggers the body to start working the way it's supposed to. And it's used a lot for people who just need that extra nudge. Anyway, so I'm talking to this doctor friend of mine, and of course the conversation was very detailed and exciting, because even though this is not a new concept, the whole SARCODE issue, there is now so much more information being compiled and made available that it's just very, very exciting, because we're learning more about how to use certain remedies, which potencies to use, the frequency in which to give them, you know, are we going to be using water doses or dry doses? It's just amazing 
the new information that's come into surface because the doctors are all compiling their information and they're discussing this and it's just it's really fun so we're discussing this and my daughter-in-law had asked me to do a podcast or a show or blog on just the basics of homeopathy and I thought you know what that's very true people need to understand that in homeopathy caregivers like mommies and daddies grandmas and basic caregivers need to know about the acute treatment of disease and illness how to take care of a broken leg how to take care of the flu how to you know um, the teenager has a few hormonal imbalances because they're under stress at school that's very basic that's very acute treatment and that's what we're trying to accomplish with homeopathy for mommies is for everyone to know how to treat others and themselves acutely now acute disease remember is something that comes on quickly goes away in just as quick as it came on usually chronic disease is what I was discussing with the doctor the other day chronic is something that comes on usually gradually slowly over a period of time and it has no plans to go away unless that person changes their diet their health their life or you know kind of gets the treatment that they need that's chronic chronic disease chronic illness and that's when you need a homeopath so we're not we don't address that with homeopathy for mommies we talk about it you know a little bit we allude to it and we talk about it saying if this is what's going on you know get a good homeopath but what we're doing today is I'm just helping to lay out a chart um, a system of giving remedies for the acute those illnesses or diseases that come on quickly okay <laughs> so where am I going with all this well everyone that comes to me will say well when do I use this remedy um how do I know which potency do I you know and they'll say and how often do I give it how many do I give and what's this you talk about with water dilution and and the granules and the pellets and the globules those are things that they maybe have done some research and they see all these different terms. So the possibilities are basically endless when it comes to homeopathic treatment, whether it be chronic or acute. So we're going to try and take some of the mystery out of it today and simplify it. Remember, simplify it. Simplify your world, simplify your kit, and keep it, just know the basic keywords for acute and you'll feel much more comfortable with it. So then someone asks me, how? Is a mom or dad supposed to know what to use, when to use it, how often, and when to stop giving a remedy? That's a huge one, when to stop giving it. And what cancels a remedy? And even where do I store my remedies? Are there any do's or don'ts? <laughs> oh boy. Yeah, and this is just going to be a simple little chart, remember? So let's discuss it, and then you can feel confident in using homeopathy. The answer to the when to use homeopathy acutely you can use homeopathy whenever there is an acute illness an injury a cold someone with a flu food poisoning element exposure in other words they've been out in the cold or the wind or the sun if someone has drowned but we have a lot of near drowning victims or someone who has just inhaled too much water um, toxic poisoning bites burns stings electrocution cuts in other words use homeopathy whenever there is a person or an animal in need of better health so then somebody will say what potency do I use well in an acute situation you use whatever potency you have on hand if there is an injury and illness just use what you've got and then you can continue treatment when with a lower potency or a different appropriate potency that you deem necessary and we can just we'll talk about that too an X potency now all of you learn centesimal when you're in grade school X means 10, C is 100, M is 1000. So an X potency is the lowest. 10 is actually lower than 100 or 1000. In homeopathy, the X potency is lower than a C. 
and C, of course, is lower than an M. Anything that's lower than a 30C is generally considered low. So a 6C is still low. Anything 30C can actually be considered low or high. So that's the cutoff. So anything higher than a 30C is considered higher potency. For acute treatment, I always tell people, for the most part, keep it at a 30C or below. If you're dealing with children or infants or those who with really high vitality or someone who has just been exposed to shock, then you can give them a higher potency. But for the for the continued treatment, always drop the potency back down again. An acute injury or exposure can easily tolerate a high potency initially. Even a 1M can be used. Then a low potency can be used to continue treatment. But for something like an illness, I like to suggest 30C or below. I really like to work with a 30X potency or even a 12X. 12X is great for broken bones, sore muscles, things like that. But it's hard to have all those different potencies on hand. So I tell people if you can actually have a 30X potency and a 30C potency, that's awesome. I have 200s in some things, but for the beginner, that's not always necessary. X potencies are awesome for any illness as well as for continued healing. Long-term healing, like a broken leg, does very well with an X potency, even a low X. Never use a high potency. Now, this is very important. Never use a high potency on an older or very ill patient when you are treating any illness. Okay, so that's illness, not injury, illness. And I've talked about this in the past on some of my other podcasts, but for you beginners, keep your potencies 30C or below when you're dealing with older people and very ill. And the reason for that is the patient's vitality, in other words, their natural body's ability and strength to heal quickly, will be overtaxed if you give a high potency. And so this could aggravate the illness. In other words, if they have pneumonia and you give a potency that's a little too high, you can aggravate that. And they can try, their lungs can try to heal too quickly and they can have... Like I said, they can have aggravation. And we want to avoid all aggravation when we're using, when we're trying to get people to heal. So we use a lower potency that's more appropriate for an illness, something that they need to heal from. And when someone has pneumonia, they're not going to just jump out of bed and say, ah, I'm all better. It's going to take several days for them to get over that naturally, for their body to rally around, start kicking out the bacteria, the things, the fluid, anything that's been going on. It takes a while for the body to just to gather its forces and to get that out. And Yes, in two to three days, they're going to be amazingly well, but it's going to take time. And then they're not going to be able to jump back right into the mainstream either again. They have to give their bodies time to heal. Yes, go to bed, take hot tubs, drink grape juice, eat chicken soup, all those good things. Give the bodies time to heal. So keep the potencies low when it comes to illness like that. I very often give um, 30 C's. That's I stick with that because a lot with my family because I have a younger family as well. So Older people, please keep them in the X potencies. Now remember, because in homeopathy for mommies, I am only trying to help families learn acute treatment for their family. Any chronic illness or any ongoing situation that has been, that's not new, you can email. I'll give you the name of a good homeopath, or I can help you as well with some situations. I am beginning once again to do some acute consultations and because they're not overly taxing of my time. But if it's something chronic, like I said, I'll be happy to help you find a good doctor because a doctor needs to chart and monitor the progress of a patient's homeopathic treatment. And and a professional will be able to do that. Because if you have somebody that has an ongoing chronic issue, you want someone who knows how to to watch the symptoms. They, we want to see things come back in chronological order. And we want to see them heal from 
within, out, and from below, up. And there's there's certain things we look for. So I'm not saying that we can't, you know, take a remedy for a situation, but keep it low and don't plan to don't plan to try and do it on your own. A good homeopath will help you get over it just like zippy quick and it's it's wonderful and it's fun. Okay. In acute treatment, when taking low potencies, we, the frequency, like how often do we take a remedy? In acute treatment, when taking low potencies, I tell a patient that take a remedy whenever he or she feels like another dose is needed. So in other words, you're lying in bed, you're very ill, you take a remedy, hmm, I think, I don't know, okay, I feel better. You feel rested, you, you go to sleep, you rest for a bit, you wake up, hmm, I should take a remedy again? I don't know, is it time? Don't worry about it. If you feel like you need the remedy, take it. And even if it's three to ten doses a day, go ahead and take that remedy if you're treating an acute illness or even an acute injury. If only high-potency remedy is available for an acute situation like illness or injury, then take only one to three doses a day. If the patient is healthy and responding well to the remedy, otherwise just give what you have on hand, then secure a lower potency. Like if you're treating someone and you only have a potency, a 200 potency, just even once a day is plenty for acute situation. And then you can take it again the next day until you can, but try to get a lower potency because the body just responds so much better to that when you're treating an acute illness. If you're treating something like shock or someone fell and hit their head, by all means, give that high potency a couple, three times. But if it's something that, like say they hit their head and it's a concussion, definitely get a lower potency. Go ahead, give the high potency, but get a lower potency in case, just for the, that deep healing. I just like to make sure that everything is getting taken care of, you know, because the body, like I say, has to heal slowly. It's going to take two to six weeks to heal anything that's broken or severely bruised or damaged or torn. And so I like to have the lower potencies on hand so the body can actually heal too. The way homeopathy works is if it is a low potency, the corporal body reads the megahertz. In other words, the energy of the element from which that homeopathic remedy is made. So the corporal body reads it very quickly and then uses it up very quickly. A high potency is read more mentally and internally before it begins the healing process, which is a good thing when there's been an accident or injury because the mind is what must first process the situation. This course of action can and will prevent shock. That's why in the first aid kit, we have almost all 200s because in first aid treatment, whenever there's an injury or something has gone on that you're out in the field and there's been an injury, that's something that came on extremely quickly. So you can use a higher potency, but then again, like I said, so you broke broke your leg, take a higher potency, and then go back, fall back to a lower potency later for the continued healing. That's almost a perfect way of doing treatment for homeopathy. Okay, so then people say, why do I have to succussus? Why do I have to hit this on my hand? <laughs> And the reason for that is when you take that vial of pellets and you hit it on your hand, you're, you're succussing, okay? So you're basically, it's like rubbing your hands together and you create friction. When you succuss that remedy, you're actually like waking it up, like rubbing your hands, and you're actually altering the potency ever so slightly. In other words, it's changing it just a little bit because Hahnemann taught that the body can never read the same exact potency twice for the same situation. Okay, I broke my leg. I'm going to take a homeopathic remedy. I take the dose. When I take the remedy the next time, I succuss it three to ten times before taking it again because it alters the potency ever so slightly. That's why you want to make sure your your remedies are hand succussed and made by hand and from the original tincture 
and not frequency made on a machine because you cannot succuss a frequency made homeopathic remedy and expect it to change frequency because it won't and your body can only read that particular remedy once so we always make sure they're made from tinctures and hand succussed so that the body we can succuss and alter that potency ever so slightly and we can read it every single time we succuss it for the same issue Succussion alters that potency, like I said, ever so slightly. And so it's not changing anything. It's just bucking up the remedy. It's just just basically regenerizing it. And water dilutions. I've had many, many questions about water dilutions. And like I say, we use water dilutions a lot as chronic care. But I also use them for acute care if I have a house full of sick people. Okay, all the kids came down with the flu. Little Johnny's on Belladonna. Little Susie's on Eupatorium. Get another one over there on Gelsemium. You've got all these different kids on different remedies. And I want to use essential oils because essential oils nourish, open up the airways, help them breathe, clears the sinuses, feeds the entire respiratory system. I just, I love to use the homeopathic remedies and essential oils together. But I cannot be running around opening my vials in the presence of strong odor. Never, ever open your homeopathic remedies in the presence of strong odor. That includes coffee, any kind of camphors, any kind of essential oils. Anything strong will cancel that bottle because it's just the minute megahertz of the original tincture that's in that vial. And we need to keep that intact by not exposing it to anything stronger. So what I do is I go to the far end of the house or in a place where there's no strong odor, or even outside, and you you take a bottle of water, you tap one to two pellets of the homeopathic remedy that you want your child to take, and you put it in that bottle of water and seal it up. I like to use squirt bottles, like a, like a water bottle with a little um, cap on the end that you can just squirt in your mouth. I label the bottle clearly with the remedy that that child is taking, and I, I use homeopath, I use excuse me, I use the essential oils on their chest and back and feet and everything else wherever I want to use them. I feed them garlic, whatever I want to feed them, and they have their bottle of remedy and they succuss it between doses and they squirt one dose in their mouth. That's how I use water dilutions acutely. That's pretty much the only way I use them acutely. Like I said, everything else is basically chronic care. So I just wanted to explain that to you because you've got to be careful and you've got to treat your homeopathic remedies with care so as to not expose them. So like I said, and always succuss that bottle of water, you know, three or four times as well. And just like I said, just squirt it in the mouth. Or you can use one teaspoon doses. The reason I like the water dilutions is because that water basically traps that remedy and it's not as easily canceled as if it should be the dry dose in the, the vial when you open that up. Another question is, what's the difference between granules, pellets, and globules? Well, these are terms that are used to describe like the size of the sugar or the sugar lactose contained in the vial or the bottle. The most common for acute remedies is the size three pellet and a dose. <laughs> That's another thing. So how many am I supposed to take? This bottle says three to five. This one says one. This one says take the entire tube. Again, Hahnemann taught that the most minute dose is more easily read by the body even than many pellets. I tell people one to three pellets is a dose. Okay, because I don't want them struggling to get only one or struggling to get, you know, three or five or exactly how many. But one to three pellets is sufficient for a dose of the dry pellets. And so that's what we strive to tap into the cap and to dump in our mouth. And like I said, granules is they're almost it's almost like sugar. They're so tiny. And pellets are like say the size three pellet and then you have the globules which 
FDA mandates that a combination remedy be in these these mush, marshmallow size globules for many of their combination remedies. Okay, so any remedy that is appropriate for the situation in an injury is what you want to use. So that's the question, how many, how do I know what to use? And that's why I encourage everyone to get the book Homeopathy for Mommies because it helps to explain about 80 of the top used remedies in homeopathy. What to look for, what's the sensation, where's the headache located, how is it located, what's this, you know, like what is the cause? And the book really, really helps to break down and simplify homeopathy, how to use it and when to use it. So like I say, when you have an acute situation, you use the appropriate remedy. Like for instance, in an injury, you'll learn very quickly that you always use arnica. For exposure or shock, you use arnica or aconite. You'll learn to listen to the patient. What is he telling you? It's just bizarre that he will actually say the most, the funniest things. Like for instance, a child has a headache. Honey, what does it feel like? Oh, it hurts, mommy. I know, sweetie, it hurts. But can you tell... Tell me what it feels like. What's the sensation? How would you explain it? Well, you know, like somebody's pulling it with a string. You know what that feels like. And you have to laugh and say, okay, well, then you'll know the remedy to give when somebody says that. Because that is the odd and the peculiar. And oddly enough, each group of remedies has sensations that are, once you learn them, you you have to laugh and you'll always know what to reach for. Like, for instance, the string pulling thing, that's colosynth or bryonia. That's that family of remedies, of plant remedies, because they're like a climbing. Like, you have wild hops for bryonia, and you have bitter cucumber for colosynth. And see, they're viney, and so that gives you that string that string pulling sensation. And people will say this. I kid you not. It's, it's very, very funny. But it's the easiest way to pick out the right remedy as well. So because every remedy, like I said, every has its own sensation or its popular language. And the body can read, and, and then it's another thing is people say, what about combination remedies? And I say, you know, combination remedies work. They work fine. They, they, they're offered to us very often in low X-potency combinations. And people think that, you know, the combinations are necessarily better. Well, you have to understand that the body is really only reading one remedy at a time. I don't care if there's three or six remedies in there. Your body can only read one at a time. So you take a combination remedy four times a day. It may or may not read the same exact remedy every single time. Because very often certain remedies complement each other. So they're they're grouped together like that. And it might read Colosynth once. And then it might read, you know, the next remedy in the combination the next time. Because they do tend to complement each other. And that's why we use duos and trios a lot of times in homeopathy. Because one remedy will complement the action of another. And the body knows what it needs the most, and that's the one it'll read the quickest, or that's the one it'll read at that moment. Because the body is really smart. You give it what it needs, and it will heal itself. And so it's interesting that a lot of people just like the combination remedies, and and that's better than using no homeopathic remedies at all. But like I said, just remember that the body can only do one thing at a time. And so our Homeopathy for Mommy's Crash Course also, I have to say, is a really, really good way to learn about how to use and what to use for family treatment. I encourage, if you haven't listened to our Homeopathy for Mommy's Crash Course, or if you haven't had a chance to come to some of my classes, you know, wherever we've had them around the country, we now have it on audio, and you can just buy all 10 CDs, or I don't know how they're set, I say CDs. We don't sell them on the CDs, I guess. They're just, you have to download them. But it's really a good way to learn about homeopathy quickly and efficiently. So you can, in that, you'll learn about 
the like cures like, and you'll also learn that sometimes the use of intercurrent remedies can be extremely efficient. In other words, one following another. And we talk about that. Because there are times that one remedy will complement the action, like I said, or enhance the action of another remedy. So it's just, it's a great class. I, I really encourage everyone to listen to it. So when to use homeopathy? And you use homeopathy as soon as symptoms appear or when known exposure to a virus or toxin or bacteria has, has happened. And, or if there's been a trauma, you use homeopathy immediately. In homeopathy, you treat the symptoms of the disease. You do not treat what might be, okay? So if you think you're getting sick, go ahead and take aconite and belladonna. But there's a lot of controversy as to whether to take arnica, for instance, on the way to surgery, or if you should wait. Okay. <laughs> um, I'm not saying that this is gospel, but for instance, if I'm going to go have surgery... I would take arnica on the way in because that would that when you take arnica, that's going to alert the body that it needs to step up for healing. It's gonna it's gonna tell it something's going on. If I have someone that can be right there with me, like even in recovery, I may wait to take arnica, but I think I would always take it on the way in because, like I said, that's that's going to steep up the body's. Hey, I have to heal from this injury right up front because a lot of times people even just have anxiety going in, and arnica is going to help that healing process begin. Don't take home arnica if you're going into labor. You know, I'm on the way to the hospital. I'm going to have a baby. So take arnica. No, don't do that because you don't want the body to start healing. You want the body to go through what has to happen for the baby's born. I actually did that once. Okay. Just for the record, I took arnica on the way to the doctor and I, I, all my pains quit. Seriously. It's like my body tried to start healing. Uh, my first pushing pain was my next <laughs> contraction, but it was just really weird. So I say, don't take it on the way to the hospital, folks, if you're going to have a baby. Because it really does. It tries to get the body to start healing itself. How often do you use homeopathy? You use it as often as needed. Like I said, treating an acute situation, the average doses are per day are three to five. When do you stop giving a remedy? You stop giving it as soon as the symptoms disappear. When I'm treating a deep-seated illness like strep throat, I like to have the patient continue with one daily dose of each or any of the remedies that he had been taking for an extra three days beyond the symptoms. Because with deep-seated illnesses like strep throat, for instance, they're going to think they're all better because they were so, so sick that they're going to say, oh, I'm better. And if they stop taking the remedies at that point before the body is completely healed, they could easily relapse. And then the whole symptom picture can change and those remedies may or may not work for them again. So I just say, and there's going to be no harm in them taking them for another three days. So that's what I like to have people do. Earaches, you know, sore throats, that deep, those deep illnesses, take the remedies one dose a day for you've taken one remedy or three, take each one three full more days. And when, what cancels a remedy? We've kind of already touched on this, but each remedy tends to have its own known cancel factors. But in general, a remedy can be canceled after the patient has taken it by eating or drinking or brushing their teeth with mint that includes peppermint, wintergreen, spearmint, candies, essential oils, toothpaste, etc. Very often coffee will cancel a remedy if it's taken too soon after the remedy has been taken. I know Nux Vomica can be canceled by coffee. Um, and depending on the drug, pharmaceuticals can also cancel a homeopathic remedy or interrupt its action. I talked to the doctor about this the other day. We were discussing this and she said um, when she studies in India that this discussion comes up all the time. And even the doctors there, the consensus is even if a person is on pharmaceutical drugs, they can begin homeopathic treatment with the knowledge that their body is going to start trying to heal. 
So they have to be aware of the fact that they may not need their pharmaceutical drugs, like the, the amount. So if they're willing to work with their medical doctor to try to back off so that everything goes smoothly and that the body naturally, as it naturally starts to try healing, that their medical doctor is willing to work with them and to help them get off their medications safely. So that's, you know, a really good rule of thumb there as far as the pharmaceuticals and homeopathic remedies. Also, never open your homeopathic remedy again in the presence of strong odor, as it will cancel the vial or the remedy. Where do I need to store my remedies? That's easy, in a cool, dry place. Avoid the refrigerator, because that would that tends to be too moist. And void of any strong odor, of course, in any closet or anything like that. Never let your remedies be exposed to temperatures exceeding 140 degrees, because the heat will actually cancel the remedies. Never expose your remedies to magnetic instruments, devices, or radiation. If passing through an airport or flying, always keep your remedies wrapped in um, like aluminum foil. If I have a kit, I just wrap the whole thing in aluminum foil because that will help to protect them from the rays. When, even when you're going through customs, we went through customs like, well, how many times do we go through customs? One, two, three, four, five, six. We went to Australia and back. And not one time did anyone question my homeopathic remedies. They did question my daughter-in-law's once because they were all wrapped in aluminum foil. And she just said, oh, they're homeopathic remedies. They, oh, okay. And that was it. It's not a big deal. Everybody goes through customs. They just have them wrapped in tin foil. Um, also, there are some that say, don't let your remedies become frozen. And, you know, if you can avoid that, that's great. But I can honestly say I live in Minnesota. And several times I have forgotten my remedies in the vehicle in the winter. And, and to temps well below zero, I've never felt that that canceled any of my remedies. Yes, if you leave them in a hot car, they will be canceled. But frozen, I've never noticed that it had it had any effect upon them. Are there any other do's and don'ts? Well, do not ever worry about whether or not you should use homeopathy for any illness or situation. When in doubt, give low potencies. Always give homeopathy. Always give arnica if someone's injured or in shock. Always give aconite when someone's been exposed to chill or rain or heat. Just there's so many things that just give the remedy. Don't even think about it. I had a mom run literally and grab my arm one day when I was about to give her child who had fallen and hit his head on the cement. And I, went, I just grabbed Arnica and I was going to give it to him. And she grabbed me by the arm and she says, don't you give that to my child. And I said, I looked at her and I said, really? Do you know how homeopathy is? And she said, no, but don't you be giving my kid anything. I said, I'm sorry. And I had to walk away. And I, I just cried on the inside because I knew he, and he ended up with a huge egg on his head. And you know he, his whole day was wrecked. Now, the funny thing is, if he would have had the Arnica, he probably wouldn't even have gotten that egg. And he would have had a wonderful day. Because homeopathy just tells the body to heal. But I had to respect that mother's wishes. But see, I reached for the Arnica and I just instinctively was going to give it without even asking the mother. So, you, you know, there's, but that's what I would have done for anyone. I I just instinctively give it, but she seen me and she stopped me. She wasn't really mad at me, but she was not happy with me, but she didn't get angry. You know what I'm saying? So just, just give it. Don't, don't question it. If somebody ends up getting angry at you, just say, you know what? I, it's, I did no more than as if I should just pass my hand over them as far as like to give them some sympathy or love. All you're doing is you're just transferring the energy of like the original plant and there's no harm in there whatsoever. You can't hurt anyone in an acute situation, but if you fail to give a remedy and when you could have helped, you will be sorry that you didn't at least try. I mean, it's good policy to ask someone, can I give your child a homeopathic remedy? This is for injury. And then they'll say yes or no or whatever. And you tried. But yes, you should, like I said, I instinctively just give remedies. <laughs> 
And you'll get to the point where you like that too, because when you see it work so well so often, you just that's just what you do. I hope this has answered a few of your questions, and I hope this has helped to just kind of bring the use of homeopathy into just a sim- more simple light so that you feel more comfortable using it with your family and even grandparents, you know, if it's something that they've never been exposed to, and I say grandparents because that's me. I lived in a pharmaceutical world. So if we can learn about natural remedies in an easier way, ah, yay, (laughs) let's do that. All right. With that, I'll let you go. I'd like to take a minute to mention our homeoprophylaxis course and encourage all those needing to make the vaccination versus immunization decision to please consider purchasing the course we have to offer. It is the goal of our course to help take the mystery out of this subject. We have tried to answer the many questions that all parents seem to have on the subject, and we go the extra step to discuss each disease that parents are asked to vaccinate their children for, as well as the majority of world's diseases and how to immunize for them, or how to treat for them, if you should be so lucky as to get one of them. It's great information and it's unique to say the least. So with that, please consider at least looking at the homeoprophylactic course to educate yourself and your family as well. May God bless you and yours. Thanks for listening to this episode of Homeopathy for Mommies radio show. Please visit Sue on her website, homeopathyformommies.com and join us right here at homeopathyformommiesradio.com. Wednesday, noon Eastern. As always, we pray the Lord blesses you with good health, vitality, strength, and wisdom.